Hey everyone, welcome to the Royal Podcast of Oz. This is Jared Davis, and uh, this episode presents an interview with Clayton Spinney and Sean Gates, the director and writer, respectively, of Elfie Bombs, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, uh, upcoming independently produced film. So, let's jump in this interview. So, here we are. <laughs> it's true, we are here. Alright, so... <laughs> What we got you on here for is to talk about your movie. Yeah. And Clayton, you're the director, and Sean is the writer. Yep. That's the way it goes. Now, there's been a lot of Oz movie, movies over the years, and a lot of them made it based on the Wonderful Wizards of Oz. So, uh, what made you guys decide you wanted to attempt one? Uh, you go first, because you did the script without me. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Jerk. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you, man. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, um, well, uh, geez, I don't, don't want to go back in time too far, but pretty much I decided I wanted to be a writer, and uh, I was working on books and things like that, and I just uh, got into scripts, and, uh, um, I just, I've been a fan of the book since I was a kid, but I had only had an abridged version that had been my mom's. Uh, it's the one that's uh, uh, from the 1950s with uh, illustrations by Anton Loeb. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I didn't realize that it was uh, a shortened version. So some years later, I guess it was probably in around 2000-ish, I got the uh, Books of Wonder reissue and was just surprised at how really long the story actually is, how much interesting stuff is in it that the 1939 film had completely left out. And uh, so I thought as a, a script just to write for myself, it would be fun to, to do Oz and do it right. And I guess I was probably inspired a bit by... Uh, the Harry Potter films and the Jeremy Sumter, Peter Pan, and uh, of course, Lord of the Rings and things like that. So that's uh, that's pretty much why I wrote the script. And like Clayton said, I didn't even know him then. I wrote it just to write it. Um, and probably about 2003. And it was probably be 40 years, I guess, before, uh, before I met Clayton and we started working on it to actually make the film. So I know it kind of evolves over the production period, but uh, how many drafts did the script actually go through so far? Believe it or not, we're pretty much using... I mean, they've made a couple of changes, but it's pretty much the script that I wrote in 2003. Um, There were a few changes that we did at the end because... When I first shared the script with uh, one of my writer friends, who's sort of my mentor, um, he he felt that uh, everything after the wizard is exposed as a fraud, the whole journey to the south and all of that, he felt was kind of extraneous. I had included the spider fight and the hammerheads, but I had left out the... Uh, China country, 
and uh, he wanted me to take all of that out because I really respect his opinion, and uh, you know, he's a real good friend of mine and everything. I listened to him, and I thought, yeah, you know, he's probably right, so I took that out. Um, Clayton really insisted that I put that back in, but he also wanted me to put the China country in. And uh, I was kind of opposed to it at first because I thought it was a little silly. But, uh, you know, when you're collaborating on something, you uh, sometimes have to do a little bit of compromising. And uh, I managed to, you know, I made an agreement with Clayton that uh, we would do uh, something that he didn't want to do, which was uh, related to Clinton's costume, and uh, he said, we could go ahead and do that if I put the China country scene in the script, so I, I thought that seemed like a fair trade. So uh, that was the most recent change, I guess, was, was that. So we made a few minor adjustments along the way, too. We thought of a, a gag surrounding the uh, lion's name. It's actually a little thing that Clayton wrote with his contribution to the script and it's one of the funnier bits I have to say so uh Clayton how did you exactly get involved here um well I guess you know I had the book as a kid and I liked it my mom used to read it to me and I really enjoyed listening to it and then when I was a reader myself I would read it um and I always thought that it there was a lot of opportunity to do a really good like fantasy movie using the material that the MGM film left out and you know I I had often thought as I got into film stuff that it'd be a, a project that I'd uh, enjoy doing but I never really thought very seriously about it until uh, well Sean and I were members on the same forum and we were discussing the news that Todd McFarlane was doing a uh, Oz project, which was uh, 2007, I think that news came out. Nothing's happened with that since then. But uh, anyway, I happened to mention in that thread that I thought, you know, they should do something that was really close to the book because the McFarlane article was talking about how he was going to go all dark and creepy with it, you know, like he likes to do. And um, Sean sent me a private message and was like, hey, I wrote a script. Would you like to read it? And I was like, yes, I'd like to read it. And, you know, I read it. I thought it was good. But, you know, we didn't – at that point, we didn't really talk about it because we didn't know each other that well. But as we became friends, like I started showing him little short film things I did and effects tests and stuff. And he thought, hey, you know, this guy could maybe do it. And as we started talking about it, we thought that, you know, we were a really good fit to uh, tackle the material. And – then we just uh, we dove right in, head first. You guys are doing a pretty interesting approach here because, you know, most any film, they get their uh, cast all together and then they film it. And you guys are doing a bit of a different thing here we've seen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, you want to let me take that one, Sean, or you want to? Uh, yeah, Clay, you can go right ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, our our uh, our whole process is a little messed up from a traditional standpoint. There's actually there's numerous reasons for that. Um, our initial plan, you know, we don't have 
a lot of the money that we need to finish this. We have some, and we've been, you know, doing it so far with what we have. But we were going to do just a scene um, in order to raise funds, and we were going to have uh, Sean's what is she, your cousin or something? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But uh, as Dorothy, just you know, to get the scene done, show what our movie would be, and get funding, and then do the whole thing for real. But, uh, so what, we were going to shoot that in summer of 2009, and then, um, well, she had to do something in the summer, and we couldn't get oh, the scheduling camp. to work up. Yeah, camp. Yeah. yeah, Like kids do. They love the camps. <laughs> and um, we couldn't make that happen with her, so we started looking for another Dorothy for our concept scene, and because of Sean's father, and he happened to work with Mare's uh, grandmother, um... We managed to get Mare, who auditioned, and we really loved her audition tape. And we were like, wow, this girl is totally, totally Dorothy. I mean, we're not going to find anybody better than that because she's she just is Dorothy. And so we uh, we thought, uh, if we just do the concept scene with her you know, in the summer, then by the time we're ready to actually shoot for real, she's going to be too old to do it because she was – about 12 years old she could play 10 at the time but i mean now we saw her uh last month no way no way at all could she play a 10 year old girl and even september of 2009 we came back for reshoots and she was just barely able to you know do it then because she was starting to look different already from what she had when we shot in uh summer of 2009 so you know we we decided that we were going to do all of her parts um in the summer and initially we were going to do some actual location stuff but the more we discussed the look the more we wanted Oz to look not like we just went and shot it in a field or in the forest behind somebody's house so we thought since we're going to have to do some stuff green screen anyway we might as well go all green screen and then we can construct our own reality and make it as fantastical as we want it and then the other bonus that opened up for us was shooting her on green screen meant that we didn't have to find I don't know. What is the politically correct term? Is it little people? I don't even know. I think it's little people. Little people? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you know, everybody's supposed to be um, tiny little people in Oz about Dorothy's height, and that would mean that if we wanted her to interact with actors, we'd have to find actual little people to play against her. But now, because we're doing it on green screen and we can just adjust the camera height and we can do our scaling and stuff, uh, we don't. And we can just whoever is right for the role, whatever height they are, they can play it, and we can just make them the right height. And that opened up a lot of casting possibilities for us. And it also helped a lot. The puppet rig would not be good on location at all. I mean, that thing is ridiculous, as some of you may have seen in the video. Yeah, Steve, our puppeteer, he would probably die within. 30 seconds of attempting to maneuver the rig around in a grassy field. Um, And we like having him around. He's a nice guy, so we didn't want to subject him to that. So, you know, um, this way, we're still going to do the concept scene thing. Actually, we had some real progress on it tonight. We're starting to get our environments coming together. It's looking lovely. I'm delighted. Oh, Um, oh my goodness, yes. So hopefully people are going to like that when they get a look at it. But uh, as soon as that scene's done, we're going to start doing our fundraising just to shoot the summer stuff, which actually there's not a lot to do. I mean, we do have to shoot all our other actors and actresses, but 
I mean, nobody besides Dorothy has any really substantial screen time unless it's the witch or the wizard, and still they're going to be wrapped in a couple of days. So it's not a really intensive shoot. The Scarecrow puppet is actually probably going to be the longest shoot uh, this summer because not only does he have quite a bit to do, but it takes a long time to get that puppet to do whatever it is that we need it to do. Yeah. And then eventually he needs to get out of the rig and everything because it's just so uncomfortable. He needs to get out and take a break and have a smoke. Union break. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise he will break. Yes. We don't want to break him. No. Just his spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's mostly there. I am. I really like that you're able to at least uh, have the Scarecrow as a puppet there so there's actually a physical item there on screen instead of just doing them all in a computer. Now, um, the Tin Man and Lion, that's a bit of a different story, though. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think if we could have a Tin Man puppet, we probably would, but uh, neither of us is a metal worker. And we don't, I don't think we know many metal workers. Um, you know, we were able to build Scarecrow ourselves, but uh, I mean, he's supposed to be a Scarecrow. That's easy. Uh, man, not so much, right? Yeah. the The thing, like with Scarecrow, because he's supposed to be really floppy, and doing cloth in CGI can get a little ropey, and. Um, when you're doing close-ups on it like this, and there's really, it's gonna, it'd be difficult to build the supports that the simulation would be able to react to, like, because he's supposed to be mostly, you know, soft and fluid with his movements and stuff, and just doing that in a puppet is much easier. But with the Woodman, you know, it's all, it's all tin and it's all very mechanical movements, and it's just easier to get him done in the computer, and it's also cheaper to do it that way. And Lion, um, we haven't done any real Lion stuff yet. We're kind of, we're open to the possibility of maybe some animatronics or some uh, real Lion stuff that we alter somewhat in the computer, but we don't have a real method nailed down for that, and it is possibly going to be a CGI Lion. But again, because of the articulation on his face and some of the uh, unrealistic motions that are required of him. He would have to be CGI at least partially for some of the film anyway, so it makes a lot of sense to just go whole hog there and do him up CGI. Okay. I got a few questions here from some people who I asked for questions from, because I do that. <laughs> and um, when I... One person asked me, um, do you plan on referring to the story about Galet and Kriala and the winged monkeys there? Or is that too spoilerish? <laughs> uh, we kind of have an open spoiler policy on this because the book has been around for a hundred years and everybody knows yeah. the story. So, um, But Sean, why don't you go, go ahead with that one because that's the script. Well, it's sort of obliquely. Um, we don't we tell a story, but the, the cap is featured. Um, in fact, we have some photos out there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we posted some on the Osbuck boards that showed the golden smurf hat. We uh, managed to humiliate our, our poor star by making her wear that on camera. And, uh, 
you know, releasing the images. But, um, yeah, they don't, they don't really tell the story. We just we, we use the, the tap, and I, I think it's actually referring to by name, but, yeah, we, we don't get into the whole uh, origin story about that. But the, the monkeys do have their, their story arc about how they, they end up being set free, and, you know, they're actually nice. They're not evil or anything yeah. like that so, I mean that that's all in there but if I may interrupt for a second I just checked the script and Gart does in fact refer to it by name so the name is in there at the very least name dropping yeah, it for I, you guys but uh, I, ah. I thought it was <laughs> okay um okay and someone's asking what the about running time you're kind of expecting for this film to be um, well, generally with, you know, a script, um, a minute is a page of the script and the script is what, 119, um, pages. So, you know, going by that, it's going to be probably about two hours unless we cut out some stuff, but, uh, at least 90 minutes, but anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours, probably around that sort of a time. Okay. Are there any, like, notable editions or story decisions you might have added that people might want to keep an eye out for? Oh, it's not, not really. I mean, we, we really wanted to stay as, as true to the book as we could, at least, you know, story-wise. It's, uh, there's, can't think of any like major changes. I I know there were a few minor adjustments here and there, like uh, Sam was asking about on the boards the other day about her costume change that we didn't do, things like that. But there's, there's nothing. I, I can't think of anything big. Uh, quite am I forgetting something? Well. Uh there's a couple of things not big but like one the box stuff is uh, sort of your own invention going off of oh, what was in the book god about that yes um yeah uh, the Munchkin governor uh Bach or however you want to say his name he he does have a little bit more of a uh, character development thing but I was writing the script I was looking at the book and I was thinking how um the Munchkins were supposed to have been enslaved by the wicked witch of the East, but um, this guy has got this big mansion and and uh, he's provided all this food for his countrymen to come out and have a big hoedown and um, you know there's food flying around and guys are playing fiddles and I'm thinking if if they weren't the slaves of this horrible horrible witch, where did all this stuff come from? Shouldn't they be? Shouldn't they have been living in terrible squalor and just you know? just miserable so uh, I was trying to think about my options were strong enough to either make this guy well to either take out that big kind of opulent feast or up with a reason of why it was there and since I really didn't want to change things too much I wanted to come up with a reason for it and it just kind of occurred to me that maybe if this guy had sort of sold out to the witch that uh, he would have been allowed to have the nice house 
and to keep some of the food like if she I imagine it's a little bit like the uh, scouring of the Shire from the Lord of the Rings which they left out of the movies but the the idea that Saruman the White comes to the Shire and pretty much takes all the food and locks it in storehouses and lets all the hobbits have just a little bit and he lets the rest of it rot and turn to crap and I thought, you know, that's what the Picky Picture of the East would do. So, uh, the governor, Bach, is the governor because he he worked for her, he sold out to her and he's collected a, a tax uh, on her behalf from all of his fellow munchkins, and, and they've all been living in, in abject poverty and squalor while he's nice and healthy and plump and lives in a fancy house. And uh, now that the house just landed on her and squashed her all the pudding, um, he's either going to get lynched or, you know, he's going to have to start playing nice. And actually, uh, since she's gone, he has no reason not to play nice. So he's throwing this big feast to try to make things right uh, with his, his fellow munchkins. Wow. Uh, beyond that, there are only there are only two other substantial changes I can uh, think of. I'd, one of them is the crow attack. Can I get into that, Sean? Or yes, yes, please go ahead. Um, okay, I just don't. I didn't know if we wanted to talk about it or not, but I guess there's no big deal with the. Uh, it's just, uh, as I'm sure you know, at the uh, towards the. Uh, not really the end, but when they're going into the witch's territory, uh, you know, she sends out the bees and the crows and whatnot. And uh, Sean took the crow attack and moved it up to uh, kind of it spices up the uh, the raft sequence from before the Emerald City. And so that way, the witch, she has a little bit of an introductory scene there, the Wicked Witch of the West. And that way, you know, she's kind of a more of an ever present threat, um, which you kind of need filmically. I mean, it works in the book to just kind of introduce her in the, you know, last three quarters of the book or whatever. But uh, in a film, it's a little better if she's there, you know, throughout more of it. So she kind of starts messing with our heroes at that point. And then the only other real change is actually made to the China country scene. Um, Just think about that one. Yeah, uh, I... Wanted the scene in. Sean thought it slowed down the momentum of the ending, which, fine, I can understand that. So I suggested what if some kind of a creature were to, you know, chase them and lead them up to, you know, the China Country Wall, which they jumped to get away from the creature, and then Sean tell them what you did instead, which was better. Okay, well, um, the, among the things that I had left out of the ending, along with the China Country, was the freeze that attack them and the reason I had left that out is because of the big rubber apple throwing freeze in the 39 Oz but uh, in, in this case it, it actually made sense now with the China country and having to keep that sense of urgency that uh, these trees would be trying to uh, you know keep our heroes from going where they're trying to go and they're like trying to actually physically kill them and uh, so they, they end up getting 
shoved and pushed and knocked and 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 they have to fight their way through. When they end up up against this wall, freezer, you know, there's roots coming out of the ground and swatting at them, and tree branches like fists coming in and trying to knock them around. And Tin Man's there with his axe and cutting things off, and the trees are getting really mad, and and you know, just all hell breaks loose. And, uh, and then that's why they they jump over the wall to escape from them. And then because of that, now they're in the trying to country where everything is fragile and the trees are pounding on the, the wall and the wall is starting to break and everyone in the China country is very nervous and wants our heroes to leave as quickly as they can and so uh, it's just that all the stuff is still there the, the little clown and the princess and the milkmaid and her I wanted to have the clown so bad I love that little cracked clown <laughs> so, yeah he's and I, I, I tried to shorten up his, his rhyme because I thought in the middle of all hell, having broken loose, for him to come up and say this whole little rhyme thing felt a little too much. So I cut it in half, and Clayton said, no, you can't do that. And so we put it back. But, <laughs> yeah. Clayton I'm all about the China country. It's going to be the best part of the movie. <laughs> now, uh... There's also been a lot of uh, other big fantasy movies over the years. You already mentioned Harry Potter, uh, Middle Earth, and then there's recently been Alice in Wonderland, the Narnia movies. So um, you guys are trying to do your own look and feel to us, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Clayton's been instrumental in in that. Clayton's got a vision. Well... I guess you could call it a vision if we're being nice. Um, I don't know. I just, like I said earlier, we didn't want Oz to look like um, we just went in the woods and, you know, shot a film with a little girl because we thought that'd be really cheesy. And we wanted Oz to have um, kind of its own separate reality. We, it's still going to, you know, be realistic to an extent, but it's also it's going to have this quality of unreality to it. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's pretty dreamlike what we have for visuals so far. Um, but even though, even though, just real quick, allow me to, to say, our trip to Oz is not in fact portrayed as a dream in this film. Right, it, it this like it is reality to Dorothy, but it's just Oz is meant to be a fantasy place separated from the rest of the world so our kansas scenes they're gonna be kind of like a western like especially i like you know the 1960s spaghetti western sergio leone uh sean's a big fan of the searchers so kansas stuff is gonna have that kind of a feel but uh then oz kind of to set up a bit of a contrast not as stark as going from sepia to technicolor but i do think they had the right idea there and making Oz feel different from Kansas, and we wanted to do something similar while not replicating what they did in the 1939 film. And uh, there's one question here that I guess you guys might have heard, and that is, would you guys even think of attempting to do The Marvelous Land of Oz? <laughs> We've uh, thought about Funny that, that should I... be asked. Uh, go for it, Sean. Get into it. Lay into it. Uh, I no, that's all I was saying. Because I, I, I'd be certainly uh, 
talked about it. I think that ever since it was mentioned on the boards last year or back in '09, we've talked about it. I'm not really sure if we're going to or not. I started on a script, but I think and I it's good. It. I read the I read what he has. It's good. I think I think a lot of it is going to depend on how this one comes to yeah. together because it's been a giant pain in the butt. I mean, it's a labor of love, absolutely. And I, I wouldn't uh, trade this experience for anything. But let's be honest, it is a gigantic pain in the butt. Absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't, for sure, we would not do another movie this way. Um, if, yeah. if this one, you know is a reasonable success and somebody wants to give us money to make the second one, then we would at least consider it because the second one is actually my favorite book. It's the one that I grew up reading more than the wonderful wizard of Oz. I love the marvelous land of Oz so much, but uh, you know, it all depends on how things go with this one because if things stay as they are, you know, if this is just kind of out is under the radar, you know, not a lot of money. Nobody makes any offers for a sequel. Probably not going to happen. Because doing it this way, we've been working on it since late, uh, what, 2007. And yeah. uh, we're not going to be done till late 2012. And it's a long right. time to spend on, uh, on one movie. And we don't want to have another five-year process making the sequel. But I'd like to go make a... Uh crime Warren detective movie that we can shoot on the streets in a city someplace with guys in normal clothes and it would cost like you know just a little bit of movie we could do it like you know ourselves no we, we've been joking all the time how we should have done the old film school thing and just done a big hitman movie where we could just have our friends in trench coats and go out into a city and have them shoot uh, cap guns at each other but uh no, we made this choice, and, you know... Make a, a fantasy film for no money. Go us. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, we're geniuses. Well, okay, we're not geniuses, but, you know... If we were geniuses, we wouldn't be doing this. So clearly the genius yeah. thing is still not on the table, but... Uh, <laughs> we have some sort of mental disorder that allows us to think this is a good idea, and hopefully <laughs> by... By the time we get through it, other people will have come around to our way of thinking, and we will have infected them with our mental disease. So uh, keep your fingers crossed on that one. Hey. Hopefully it's communicable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, Tim Burton practically did the same shooting thing in Alice in Wonderland there, except he just had more money. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. And, and he was Tim Burton. True. Yeah. <laughs> For better or worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, so late 2012 is when you guys are looking to have this done. Yeah, that's what we're thinking yeah. at the moment. If uh, all goes well. Everything. Yeah, if, I mean, if we have to delay it, we'll delay it to make it better because, you know, like Star Wars was delayed and look how that turned out. But, uh, you know... We're, we would like to not have to delay it, and at the moment, we're still on track for our late 2012, and if things go as we plan, which, you know, they kind of never do, but we're getting better at it, then potentially we will be making our uh, late 2012 deadline. Okay. So, well, I think that's kind of wrapping up what we wanted to ask here. 
So, do we want to sing a little something? Do we want to give the folks at home something to be frightened of? Or <laughs> I think it would frighten them way too much. Probably, probably. Yeah, well, yeah. If you want to sing a little bit of ting uh, tings for them, you you go right ahead. I don't. I don't know. Class. They'd probably sue uh, Jared's site, so we probably should avoid that. Unless, <laughs> what's what's the fair use policy under thirty seconds? I think so. Still, we'll we'll still we'll still clear of that. We'll uh, okay. We'll, we'll avoid the singing for now. Next time, though. Ah oh, dang. Okay. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and well, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. So and, are we. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of our fans are, and some. Even a few people are saying with all the different Oz movies that have been announced from Hollywood recently, that yours is actually the one that they're looking the most forward to. Well, that's delightful to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'd love um, to that. If I could just say uh, one thing, I appreciate you know that support. And actually, if you guys could, I mean, if you are excited about this, spread these links you know to our site and stuff everywhere you can because. Getting our stuff out there is the hardest part. I mean, this little midget guy can go on YouTube and he can sing along to Kesha songs and he gets like 10 million hits and he's singing with 50 Cent. And, you know, we spend months working on clips and people like 500 people come and check it out. and They're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so, you know, um, if you guys could just, you know, spam someplace with our links, um, that'd be that'd be really helpful. Um is it lame of me to ask that of people? Is that lame? Should I not do that? Does that make me... Well, maybe a little, but I, I, I agree with you. Uh, can't bust, please. Because <laughs> we need it. We, we do. I mean, if, if, if this is going to work, word of mouth is kind of uh, going to have to carry some of this through because we don't have the money for a great big PR campaign. So, yeah. But it, it, I'm glad to hear that people are excited about it. That... Warms the cockles of my heart, which is good because my cockles were cold earlier. So, okay, <laughs> your cockles are always cold. That's true, but now they're warm. Right now, I'm filled with the love, Jared. I can feel it. <laughs> this is devolving. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, that's where I was kind of going here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, you can trim out the last five minutes, and nobody will miss it. Really? Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, it's been great talking to you guys. You guys look like you got a really good thing going on the way here, so, like, hey, like I said, people, let's get this pimped out here. All right. Thanks, Jared. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you a lot. All right, well, see you guys around the boards there. For sure. 2012-2013, hopefully no later. <laughs> yes. We, like Thanksgiving. Well, hopefully see what you guys been able to put together. All right, we should have something pretty exciting quite soon. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we were just looking at a piece of tonight, and I think I think it's going to be. Uh, I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but I think it's going to be uh, much more than what people probably expect from us. So. You know, stay tuned. Okay. All right. 
Well, this has been Jared Davis with Clayton Spinney and Sean Gates. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and see you next podcast. All right. Thanks, Jared.